This is the Vandy Sports Post Game Show here on the 440 Sports Network. Alongside Luke White, I'm Billy Derrick. Thank you all for joining us again tonight. We'll be joined by Chris Lee and Joey Dwyer as well. And uh, first, let's get to your sponsors. The Wash House, the Murfreesboro Pure Milk Company, Sutherland and Belk, and the Maynard Nexon Government Contracts Group. Topics on today's show, Luke. Recapping another Vanderbilt win. Final score, Vanderbilt 47, Alabama A&M 13. And uh, Luke, initial thoughts here. I know we'll get to some comments and questions throughout the night, and this will be around an hour and a half. I mean, it's going to be a long post-game show. Hopefully we'll Good. be able to get to uh, some some comments and reaction. And like I said, we'll get Joey and Chris in here later. But uh, real quick, Luke, just initial thoughts. I know you got a ton of notes, but initial thoughts after uh, a week where a lot of Vanderbilt fans were kind of left confused last week. Well, I th- you know, when the game started and they, they have that drive, it was almost nine minutes. I felt like we sat and watched what they were doing. We didn't bring any blitzes. We didn't do anything. It was all vanilla defense. And once we figured out what they were doing, it got better from that point forward. Now, we still didn't play great in the first half. Obviously, had some poor decision-making. I'm not real happy with our RPOs. Uh, uh, at times, I think uh, you have to uh, – A.J. has to keep it more than he does. You know, he kept it once tonight and made a good run out of it. I know he doesn't want to run the football. I can see that. You know? Yeah. Uh, but there's times when that's the best option of the RPO, and that's what your job is, is to do the best thing. Now, he played well except for the one pick in the end zone. Besides that, I felt felt like he played well. There were a couple times, in, uh, and we talk about what, you know, just an opinion here on uh, the coaching. I felt like when we got in the uh, third and sixes, third and nines, the, everything was deep. Mm-hmm. We got to, to me, this is what a play that will get you nine and ten yards. You know, a lot of those right. deep balls are – it's like a long three-pointer when you can go inside of the post. Right, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I felt like that happened quite a bit. Uh, obviously, second half, we really turned it up. I felt like at halftime, Clark got them to finally understand, look, got to play with a sense of urgency, guys. You can't just roll the ball out here. We're, we're not good enough to do that to any opponent. Mm-hmm. And I watched a lot of football today. I don't know about you. Oh, yeah. And around this country, you can see it. You know, we talk about our guys getting beat deep, and it happened only once tonight. But – Everybody gets beat deep. Yeah. It's the way football is now. You know, someone, Oregon scored 81 today. Whew. I mean, there were a couple it, of 70 point, yeah. uh, point outputs, too. You know, yeah. Oklahoma wins 73 to nothing. It, so some of these offenses, you know, the, the, the rules favor the offense so much now. Yeah. And I think what we're trying to do, and it's a smart way for us to play right now where we are in, our, in the program rebuild, is to be balanced. And we were really balanced tonight. At one point, I think uh, 8.49 to play, we had exactly 194 rushing and 194 passing. Wow. That's a recipe for success for Vanderbilt. Yeah. I don't care who you're playing. There's and, no doubt. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if we if we get 400 yards of offense, we're going to be in most games. There's still a few teams on this schedule that's going to be really tough for us to stay with. But uh, we've got 10 left now. I'll look at it this way. All we got to do is go four and six. Yeah. And you're going yeah. to a bowl. People forget there's that's two wins off the board. Yeah, it is. Right? So you got to find a way to get four wins, to get the ball eligibility. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So it gets simplified now. It does. Uh, Luke, we're going to run through some of the stats here. Sure. Of course, you got a lot of comments and questions. You got a ton of notes written down. Just some of the particulars here. Vanderbilt, 461 total yards. Alabama AM, 278. So that's, that's I think, what this coaching staff wanted, what, what a lot of fans wanted to see. 246 through the air for Vandy. They held Alabama AM to 143 through the air. So that's obviously, good. improvement after after week zero. Rushing 215 on the ground for Vanderbilt. Huge improvement after 40 last weekend. Right. Alabama AM 135. Penalties were way down. Three penalties yes. for 20 yards. 
And, yes. and that's, that's something that affected them in that game last weekend. And to, to shore that up is a good sign heading into Wake Forest. And, Billy, those were all pre-snap, I think. At least two of them were, yeah. I know. So that really is encouraging. When it's only, you know, those are really correctable. Nine for 14 on third downs, which, yeah. which is a good sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, 0 for 1 on fourth downs. You know, again, I think they had a few last week that they that they didn't, weren't able to convert. So, again, it's probably good. There aren't, weren't many fourth down attempts, yeah. right? You're, yeah. able to, you're able to move the chain. So that's, a, that's probably a good thing. 65 total plays, seven yards per play which, of course, is a little bit better than last week. 14 per completion. Time of possession. Again, this is why time of possession doesn't really matter. Vanderbilt 27, Alabama A&M 32, right? And, and, and you've told me that, uh, you know, it matters to an extent, but you got to look at the game and say, It's an overrated okay. stat. <laughs> because think about this. After their first drive, which took nine minutes off the clock, and they got a field goal out of it. Right. After that, what was time of possession? I always look at stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you know? who knows? Probably Alabama and M had, had it huge. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, those are the team stats there. Comparison, A.J. Swan, 15 of 29, 194, and two touchdowns. Had that interception, right? The interception, uh, yeah. Vanderbilt w- was driving, right? Had a great drive. It was stalled out. And Luke, on that interception, and I have this in my notes, it looked like he had Carter but he tried to fit it into a tight window that maybe wasn't there. Right. And I thought if you put a little touch on that, maybe you get it back. Again, I wasn't on the field. You know, no, I didn't have I the best angle. Correct. But I, I saw Carter streak in the back of the end zone. And again, you know, he knew he knows he made a mistake and, and he'll clean it up. But I thought that was something that, you know, it's, it's going to happen. Right? right. It was bound to happen. He's a sophomore. And uh, he obviously learned from it. He came back and, and led a couple of touchdown drives after that. Well, you learn. You got to learn too. There, take the points. Take the three points. Right. You know? Yeah. I, I think that at times our aggression tonight was a little. Uh, you know, I hate to say that we were too aggressive, but some of our play calling and, or plays that we ran, I, I don't know if if he checked to something different. Yeah. But there was a lot of deep passes when it was kind of a hope and a prayer. You, right. You're not going to get those every time. You just not. No. No, you're not. And uh, real quick, Chili's. Of course, that's where we're at right now. They got margaritas, chicken crispers, including the new Nashville hot chicken burgers. And of course, famous for fajitas. So come and get it while it's hot. They're still still open, of course. And uh, at this point, last week, Luke, we what was it, eleven <laughs> thirty? Yeah, we were midnight? still in the stadium, I think. <laughs> yeah, oh, we, yeah, we were in the third Fourth quarter. Fourth quarter was probably <laughs> just getting underway. So uh, again, happy for Brian Gruber and everybody at Chili's to to, to get us out here. Yes, thank you. Murfreesboro Pure Milk Company, family-owned, third-generation milk and ice cream distribution company, located in Murfreesboro. No ice cream in the booth tonight. I think they had some banana pudding, so we weren't able to get the ice cream tonight. Uh, but they supply grocery stores, convenience stores, and others with purity products, as well as Mayfield, Nestle, haagen and much more. For more info, visit their website at mpmci.com. They're sponsoring our topics. Luke, you've got a lot of notes. I've got a lot of notes. Again, Chris, Chris Lee and Joey, uh, Joey Dwyer will be by to give their thoughts as well. Uh, maybe they'll let you get out of here a little bit earlier. But, again, we got a lot of comments and questions. But your notes, let's hit on some of your big notes tonight. And then we'll get to some comments and questions, and I'm sure a lot of our notes are the same. So, well, you know, I, I go back to the start the start of the football game, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, the, the, like I said, the long drive, and then we block a punt to go up five three. After that, I felt like when we scored our next touchdown, and by the way, Borsilli, that's his first kick, and he made it, so that's a good sign and gave yep. him a little confidence. Uh, he hasn't missed an extra point yet. I, I just felt like after that. I thought we were going to start clicking. I thought we would be at maybe 26 by halftime. Um, but the pick in the end zone, and then we were got again, we were impatient, I thought, at times. The RPOs were poor. And, again, I, yeah. I'm not picking on Swan, but I don't know. That's, we've got to be better in that, in, in that situation. Yep. We've got to be better in the reads. We have to be. Um, uh, I think 
A&M was weak on special teams, and we took advantage of that. Most of our returns were very good. Uh, and, again, of course, the block punt. Yep. Uh, I will say this about A&M's corners. Now, I thought they got tired in the second half. But in the first half, they played as, as good or better than Hawaii's corners. Yeah. The one kid, I, I don't know the name, it escapes me, but their boundary corner, he was he was all over the place. In yeah. fact, he knocked two or three away from Will on good, fairly well-thrown balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. So, And, again, I think the first half we were just a little bit too casual. Uh, and, and this is the toughest thing for kids, 18 to 23-year-olds, to understand. They see everything that we see in football, and they think, okay, we're supposed to beat this team by X. Right. And it's the hardest thing as a coach, and I know Clark stays up at night thinking, guys, we are not there yet as a program to where we can take anybody like We're yep. not Alabama. We're not Georgia. We can't yeah. roll the ball out there and beat people. And it's tough for our kids because they, they talk to those guys, and they, right. they think we can be like that. Yeah. But we're not there yet. So we have to understand that. Second half uh, notes, and uh, I, we only had the pre-snap penalties like we talked about. Yep. I like that. I like the play calling a lot better in the second half. Swan's decision-making much better. Um, and I mentioned this before too, but you know, everybody gets beat deep. I watched so much football today and we only got, I think it was Mahoney. They got beat deep yeah. once. And that, that was well, the only PJ time. Anderson on the edge. I think, I don't know Maybe if that was a miscommunication with the, you know, the, they push them off to the safety. Right. Maybe, you know, it's probably a, both guys are at fault, but yeah, sure. that, that, that was really the only situation where Vanderbilt, you know, you looked at it and you're just like, okay, they, they got beat there. And, and I will say this, my favorite play, and I don't know if you noticed this. I don't think it happened twice. When AJ goes back and rolls either to the right or the left and then spins, he sees the rush from both sides. Yeah. That's yeah. my favorite mm-hmm. thing we run. And I think one time he hit a wide open Justin Ball for a big game. Yep. That's that, that needs to be in the off. That offense play was line. incredible where he spun left. Yes. Right. Spun left. But I mean, he could have been sacked twice a couple of times. And that's another Johnny Manziel type play. Mm-hmm. Feels like we're going to have one of those every week. Every week. I mean, yeah. from, from AJ, where, you know, he's able to, to escape the blitz. And find whoever, right? It was Justin Ball this time. So you, you just you never know. You know, Jay Cutler, I'm going back to Jay a little bit. That was a little bit of what I used to say out of Jay. Jay always told me when we were just talking shop, he said, Luke, one of the best things you can do for a quarterback is let him see the whole pass rush. In other words, don't let him drop back. Yeah. And look, let him spin. Let him look the other way. If you've mm-hmm. got time and we were giving giving him time tonight for the most part, um, that's a good way because you see the whole field, man, and it's Yep. It's like putting a beach, seeing a beach ball. You, yeah. you know, you're really comfortable. Um, just a couple more things, and I'll give it over to you. Uh, Alexander's first touchdown, love that. Mm-hmm. Kid played well. All three backs had had uh, their their times when they ran the ball well. I uh, I felt like we were uh, the balanced attack again. Like I mentioned, we had a 194 yards. Both teams with like eight eight forty nine to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice to see Ugachukwa get a sack. Yeah. Kid yeah. had been hurt most first, of camp. First appearance, right? First appearance. Yeah. You know, he and Sanola and two or three others have been hurt most of camp. Yep. It was great to see that. And then Junior Sherrill getting involved at the long pass play from Seals. And there again, I want to say this, and that'll be my last thing for a minute. I am so happy for Ken Seals. Yeah. You talk about a kid who's been through it all from the back in the Mason days, and he is stuck through. He he listen, Ken Seals could go play for some football teams in this country. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I feel good if Swan needs to take a blow or if he gets dinged or whatever. I feel good about Ken Seals playing, yeah, because he's seen it and done it all now, buddy. He's an yeah. old gri- Grizzly veteran, and mm-hmm. I was really happy for him to get in there and, and get a touchdown drive. No doubt. I mean, he he's one of the best. We we dealt with him a lot fall camp. You know, when he when he would come talk to us after practice, 
you know, he he was making jokes about the quarterbacks in the room. I mean, he's the old guy in the room now. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, they, yeah. you know, they oh, here's here's Ken Seals highlights from 2020, <laughs> the COVID year, you know. So, yeah, Cedric Alexander, you mentioned him, 12 carries, 87 yards, two touchdowns. Patrick Smith, 10 carries, 50 yards. Gillespie had had uh, several carries as well. AJ Swan had uh, had a, a fairly long run. And I, I told Chris in the booth shades of Cutler a little bit. He's not as fast as Cutler, bit. not as athletic, <laughs> yeah. maybe not as, not as physical. And you, you mentioned earlier, he doesn't want to run. Well, but, I wanted uh, to I thought that was a good, I thought, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I look over to Chris and I say, they might be checking that on film saying, Hey, yeah. let, let's go out of bounds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. we're in the sec here. <laughs> yeah. He'll hear that in the film room. Yeah. But I thought A&M pushed Vandy around early a little bit. Right. Uh, now it didn't last long, right? No. The first, first, first possession, drive. it was first try. Right. So, but that was something that didn't, you know, it didn't last. Uh, the defense stood tall in that first drive, though, and they, they, you know, forced Alabama A&M to hit a field goal, twenty yarder. Jerky Wright walked to the locker room, though. That that's the big story yeah. of this game, I think. Uh, now they won the game; they dominated, but right. kind of beside the point. He was limping after that first defensive possession. So Clark's talking to the media right now. So I'm sure we'll, we'll get somewhat of an answer there. Quincy Skinner didn't play a ton. Uh, you know, he he wasn't sidelined, uh, right. but doesn't look like he's still 100 percent he could be maybe they're holding him out uh, a little bit longer for next week uh, Shepard I mean they held Shepard out a lot of that second half as well and should have uh, which we thought yeah. you know we, we thought would happen uh, mentioned AJ Swan Jacob Borchella hit a 23 yarder so you know starting to work in a little with. bit yep the defense I thought they were much better on that second possession right and, and really throughout the rest of that game other than that one deep ball uh, on Mahoney Right? right, that was early second half. Yes, right. Well, so er- after I touched, yeah, yeah, that was early through. second half. I thought a guy like a Bradley Mann played well. He got pressure a couple of times in that first half. Brian Longwell, the block punt yes. for a safety, uh, freshman. I mean, local kid. That, and I was thinking to myself in the booth. I said, local kids making an impact. That's an early theme this season. London Humphreys last week. You saw Humphreys a little bit again tonight. Junior Cheryl, tonight. Junior Cheryl as well. So they're making an impact. Uh, Vanderbilt safety was the first since 2020. That first game of that COVID year uh, at AM. Really? So I thought I thought that was interesting. Vanderbilt okay. took a, a weird five to three lead there in the first quarter. Wow. And then second quarter, offensive line, I thought still struggled to get push. Second half, they started to impose their will on it. Looked like a tired AM defense. Felt like the quarterback receiver chemistry was a little off in that first half as well. But a lot of this felt like okay, they 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 can turn it on in the second half, right? This right. is a team that they know they can handle. Uh, also, a beautiful throw from A.J. Swan to London Humphreys, who dusted the Alabama a DB, sort of a back shoulder type throw. That's when he was slicing the secondary. Yeah, yes, he, I think he lined up in the slot, and it was, I, don't, I don't think it was a slot fade, but he just kind of you know, found a space, and Swan found him. So I thought that was impressive. And then Swan to Shepard, three-yard touchdown on, on that little fade route. It's, it's getting too easy. I mean, it's really no matter who they play, I think they'll be able to go to that. It doesn't matter. It, if they if you get single coverage, you better go to it yeah. because that's going to be your best option. No matter how many route trees they're running, that's going to be your best options. Right exactly. There. We mentioned the Swan interception in the red zone. First half, I didn't think he looked super comfortable, but at least a lot of that first half. Second half, everything changed, right? So I'm saying this in increments, right? First right. half was totally different than that second half in terms of uh, not necessarily the defense. I thought the defense was fine that first half. Offensively, just felt a little off, at least early. I agree with that. Now, one quick thing. Yep. You know, I talked about this when we were talking about, pre, I guess, Wednesday. You know, what the, what their D-line stands up and moves, and sometimes they move the linebackers into there. Once they did it three or four times in the first half, they realized it wasn't making us jump. Yeah. They can that. Yeah. Credit. They, they still moved, but credit Vanderbilt for holding their water 
and not getting uh, a bunch of penalties because that can happen. You know, when guys are flashing in front of your eyes and you're right there as intense and ready to snap the football or whatever it may be, that's tough to do, especially because you don't ever see it. I thought A&M's line, they weren't extremely mobile or agile, but they were big. They had some bodies up front. Yeah. And they would they would shift real quick right before the snap. Now, again, they figured out it wasn't really working, so they, they stopped it. Uh, but, yeah, credit to Vanderbilt's offensive line and, and, and being prepared for that. Second half, they came out firing. Luke, yeah. uh, three touches for McGowan on that first possession, a couple of screen passes. And I put this up on the board. Sometimes it's that easy it for is. this offense. It get, it, get it to your dude, your dude in space. Beautiful throw from Swan to Shepard on that 17-yard touchdown mm-hmm. where, again, they like the guy in the slot. Right? You saw Humphreys in the slot there. Shepard was lined up in the slot there. And it's just the chemistry, right? Swan it's the knows chemistry. it. It's, a way he, he, it's one of his favorite passes. And a lot of times out of that, you'll get singer coverage. There's not safety help over the time. And there's not a lot of there's not a ton of quarterbacks in the country that can make that throw the way he did right there. You know, the touch pass yep. where he knows he, only his guy is going to get it. Uh, I thought A.J. – like I said, I thought A.J. was a little inconsistent to that point, but he he, he, he was able to build up some chemistry with those guys. Uh, the game, it got to a point where it was similar to Hawaii for a while. Just sloppy, oh, kind of yeah. dull, kind of boring. Yeah. Uh, but again, they turned it on. Uh, we mentioned the Johnny Manziel type play, and then he had the quarterback sneak uh, there for the touchdown. I thought Grayson Morgan did a good job at right tackle. He tonight. did. He really did. And, you know, he came in for Uzibu. We'll see about Junior Uzibu, what, what his status is for next week. Marlon Sewell, I mentioned him early. He played a lot, and he's a guy. I don't know how much we'll see him. For, you know, going forward, but again, if there's an injury, if a, if there's a guy struggling, he's going to be plugged in. He's a veteran, and and he knows the system, and he knows what the coaches want out of him. So credit to Sewell. I thought a really nice play fake rollout by Swan to McGowan. I think he mentioned that. Yeah, when right? he does that spin, because he can see the rush from everywhere. Exactly. He gets a glance at it. He knows there's nothing coming there. So he, when he turns around and spins, he's very comfortable with that. You could just tell him he loved that. He got in a great rhythm and made a perfect strike to a wide open tight end. Yep, and I thought. Speaking of McGowan, other receivers, Richie Hoskins, yeah. he doesn't get the ball a ton through the air. I noticed his blocking on the edge. He does a great he's job. He's a phenomenal blocker. Glad on the edge. you brought couple, that up. A couple of times he's been – and that's that's his role, right? It and he's is. in there a, a good bit. Now we'll see how he play, how much he plays against teams like Wake and those SEC teams, but credit to him. Cedric Alexander, I mean, player of the second half at least, right? He came well, in there and ran hard, and he had that 17-yard touchdown, first career touchdown, strong finish. Yeah. I mean, he that, he's a finisher, and he's he, he'll stay on his feet longer than I feel like maybe some of the other backs, at least in that second half. And I know A&M was gassed. They were tired. Sure. Probably a combination of things. But, man, he looked good tonight. He did, and I think the, the thing with him, you know, he's been here since last spring, so he's got a little bit of an edge on Newberry and uh, Diego. Yeah. I, I think this, you know, Newberry I know has got more breakaway speed. Yeah. But this kid reminds me of a guy that used to be at Vandy. He was an all-SEC guy named Everett Crawford. From I, thought, I thought you were going to say Jerron Seymour. Well, but he's probably a little, a little bit, bit more. He's, he's a little bigger than Jerron. But, yeah. yeah, that's a good comp, too. But uh, Everett Crawford, who was from Huntsville, uh, take a look at his film sometime. He, he's one of the, In fact, he's the last player that beat Alabama when we won that wow. Alabama's homecoming. Good memories right there. Yeah. Uh, all right, fourth quarter, Alexander show. You mentioned Jeffrey Hugo had the sack on the, the safety blitz, came firing in there. On that one, the defense was a lot better in the fourth quarter. Much better. I mean, it, it was night and day. Young guys making plays everywhere. Yeah, Junior Sherrill, 35-yard catch. Cameron Johnson mm-hmm. got in there for a 17-yard touchdown, showing some speed. 
they're on the edge. And again, a lot of this probably ain't is their legs. They, you know, sure. losing their legs, but you still got to go out there and make the plays. Right. right. And they got 60, what, 65 guys. We've got 85 or whatever yeah. it may be. But, you know, I, I just, I was so excited. Here, here's what it is. And look, we got to keep it in perspective. It's Alabama. You got to keep everything in perspective. You got to keep it in perspective. But one thing I do know is we're 2-0. and There's a lot of teams in the country would love to be 2-0 and or 1-0 and at this point. Yeah. But we what we had to do to get prepped for Wake Forest and what they're going to run with their slow mash and all this, and they have a good quarterback. Griffiths is a good quarterback. Yeah. You know, this is the type of game. It wasn't the full game, but the, the second half for sure and most of the second quarter, we played well enough to where we can play with that team. And to me – I uh, don't want to get into next week yet, yeah. but, but I do. Will, I will say it'll be a four-quarter four game. Offensive line coming into tonight, Luke was a big was a big thing. I was watching just to see, okay, do they improve? And all of a sudden, you see no Uzebo. So yeah. Grayson Morgan plugged yeah. in there at right tackle. You also saw a lot of Kivo Wesley um, and a little. I mean, they, they they were some young guys in there at times. Uh, so we got a comment here from, and we're going to start getting to some of y'all's comments sure. and questions. Uh, Sebastian Brauner, offensive line established itself better tonight, which led to success running the ball. Glad to see a better offensive script in the second half and A.J. getting into a consistent rhythm. That offensive line, again, it's Alabama A&M. Got to keep it in perspective. But you feel like they got a little bit of confidence heading into a, a road game against an ACC opponent that is down from last year, but they're still a, a quality opponent. So for your offensive line to get some confidence, I thought was big. Sure. And again, first half wasn't perfect. Second half, I thought, was a lot better, and they were able to to maul their opponent in dominating the trenches. And you said that would happen yeah. last week at this at this point last week. Yeah, I, you know, I, again, I'm, I guess I need to go to Vegas because I'm getting so close on these predictions. I said 47 to 14, I think, 47-13. <laughs> yeah. so I don't know what I'm doing sitting here with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they got a game in Vegas, Luke. Maybe you can head over there to them. Uh, your dad says this isn't any of our dads, but uh, he says awful first half, great second half. I mean, I, sure. I, think, I think we can agree on that. I agree with that. Brian Johnston, Johnson, rather, do we think Swan can get it done against SEC competition? Well, there's still some teams we play that's going to be a problem. I mean, we're going to have to max protect to give him time to get it done. And, and those games, we're not going to be able to run the football very much. So we're going to have to throw it a bunch. Now, there's four or five SEC teams he can get it done against. I, I, feel very confident in that he can't make those type of decisions you made in the first half though let me oh, preface yeah. it with that yeah and and you know again like you said he's got a little jay cutler in him i do see that mm-hmm. because you know every once in a while jay thought i can throw it through a brick wall so i'm gonna try yeah. and uh that that take the points and get out of there that's the way you got to do that sebastian another comment key player takeaway cedric alexander is going to have a solid career at vandy and I, I, I would agree with that uh, underrated offensive player logan kyle Logan yes. Kyle, I thought I didn't mention this in my notes. I should have, but he made a heck of a catch. Behind it wasn't him, yes. much of a gain. I, th- I think it was a first down, but he had to reach all the way behind him. wasn't the best throw from Swan, but right. you know he probably knew. Okay, Kyle can catch this if it's anywhere. That's showing some of his some of his receiver hands. There aren't too many tight ends that I think can make that grab. Billy, I, I, I tell you what, what. Tonight I'm sitting there and I told my wife. I said, look. We've got playmakers all over the field that we used to not have. Not so yeah. much at running back right now. Cedric will be. And the other guys are good rollbacks, in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But we have guys that can catch football. Ball doesn't hit the ground a whole lot. No. You know, if it's thrown well, unless the defense makes a great play, they're catching the football. And a couple of years ago, 
in seven on seven, you couldn't make completions. That's yeah. how much. And, and I want you know all, all the Vandy fans out there to understand. This is only year three. When Bobby Johnson was here and Bobby got us to a bowl and incrementally got us better, it took him four years. We were two wins, two wins, two wins. Even though we were competitive, we still didn't win any more games. Last year, we got to five. So this year? Ahead of schedule. We're ahead of schedule. <laughs> Added pressure. Clark talked yeah. about that. Yeah. Uh, also on defense, Sebastian says, underrated defensive player, Bryce Cowan. And he got to yes. play. He got yes. to he got to go out there and get some time. He had three tackles. He had one solo tackle. He had uh, a tackle for loss as well. I, there was one player in particular where he put a lick on uh, on one of those Alabama A&M running backs. And, and he's a big kid now. He's 6'4", yeah. a little Zach Cunningham type, maybe even bigger. Right. Then Cunningham, and he's young, right? But there's some players that project really well, and there he's one is. of them. You know, I, I go back to what the recruiting that Barton Simmons and the staff and Clark have put together. You know, they our biggest problem is going to be keeping guys. I'm telling you, because <laughs> yeah. when they when they start flashing, that's all some coaches need to see. They don't need to see that. But this hey, fourth quarter might have done something for yeah. some coaches around the country. But, but you know, seriously, by the time the season's over with, that's that's your biggest worry yeah. because I think that you're going to see more and more performances like we saw tonight from kids. Not just because I'm happy as I can be that we beat A and M. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying you can see the ability is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's there. Davis Murray, uh, really excited about Alexander. We've talked about him. Not excited with Swan's decisions, and and you've hit on him. Uh, you know, in SEC play, those are going to have to be cleaned up. Let's see, Knox too tall, balanced between bad and terrible. Uh, probably a Tennessee fan in there. <laughs> uh, Sebastian, again, can we expect to see Sewell, Ugo, and Riley continue to get more playing time? And I think they'll get playing time. I'm not sure more is the thing. I think you're still going to see C.J. Taylor and all those guys out there that, you know, at the end of the game, fourth quarter in a close football game, it's going to be the guys that have been had the reps. And he goes to the D-line here as well. Will the D-line look different with Yelanin inside? And the return of Agu, Davis, and Christian James. Well, it obviously looked different, but how do you know how do they perform? I guess I'm going to tell you a kid that got into the game, and he only was in there for a couple of plays, but made a play. I mean, it's Demarian Tom, the big boy. I didn't see. I was in the bathroom, oh but goodness. I heard. I heard he blew blew up a blew, blew up a guy a up, and then never lost any momentum. Blew right through him, made a play. It didn't play a lot. I don't yeah. know how many snaps he got. Well, Chris may know that, but. Uh, boy, the future for that kid is rosy. Yeah. I was actually coming out of the bathroom. I heard the staff yell. I was right, yeah, right behind the I room. I heard a bunch of people yelling. I was like, who was that? I go back. Chris said, yeah, Demarion Thomas blew up a play. So uh, good for him. Mark says, good adjustments at half by Clark, but that first half was ugly. We've talked about that. Uh, Scott, think we need to play the young talent more. And that's something, of course, we've talked about. Fourth quarter, they were active. Cam Johnson. Uh, you know, Cedric Alexander, Bryce Cowan, Langston Patterson. But there's a line, right? Sure. What, what is that line of playing young young talent? But Clark always talks about your best 11, right? And it doesn't matter. That it, could be a freshman sometimes. It doesn't, but in a game, unless you're two, three scores up, you don't play those young this guys. This is a you big got, tease, right? You look at yeah, these young guys, so you got to play them more, you know? Yeah, it is. And, and I'll be interested to see the uh, how many guys played. I, I mentioned earlier in the week – I felt like we were going to play a lot more people tonight, and we did. Yeah, I'm not sure what that number is, but I, I was really excited about that. Let me say one thing about A&M. I'm going to tell you who their MVP was. Their punter. He was good. He was good. He was, he was good. good. He had one that was the callback because of the late that went. I, I counted it the air. It, it, assuming we'd have made a fair catch, it would have gone 72 yards. 
Wow. And it was called back because they had motion. A couple of really good punters <laughs> you might be seeing in the yeah, NFL soon. No doubt. Hayball, of course, had, had I think he had a 52 tonight. And, he had a 63. Uh, six, 63 as yeah. well. Uh, but the young talent, right? We talk about that. What did Cedric Alexander's performance do tonight? Does that change anything in the running back room with Smith, Gillespie, and Alexander? Like, did this – what impact did that have for Alexander? You know, it's such a long – so you get 10 more weeks. I, it, two things. Cedric, first of all, it helps him, his confidence, incredibly. You know, we saw that highlight on the way over here after we left the game with a couple minutes left when he jumped yeah. over a defender. That's all – when you start doing stuff like that as a freshman and, you, and you're just getting your feet wet, that's nothing but exuding confidence. Mm -hmm. So that's going to help. Now, that room is just going to bring, you know, iron sharpens iron. That's all it's going to be. So Patrick Smith and Gillespie are saying, hey, look, yeah, we step want to up. still get yeah. our carries. And uh, and then you still got Newberry fighting there. And, I, mm -hmm. you know, Diego Benson's in the room as well. So, and, and, and unfortunately, throughout the season, you're probably going to get some guys nicked up. You know, Patrick went down early in the game. I don't know if it was a cramp or a show. It seemed like a shoulder maybe. Yeah. You know, so you're going to have guys miss plays, and everyone's going to get their opportunity to shine. Clark uh, called A.J. Swan's performance not consistent enough, and he added that he made some nice throws but also forced some. Sure. So uh, Joey True. Dwyer tweeting that. Uh, on, boy, Joey. On Cedric Alexander, <laughs> we expect him to be a playmaker for us. And sure. uh, obviously we, we know what he did tonight. Mark, interior offensive line got whipped in the first half. I, I mentioned that. I thought, I don't know about whipped, but I just thought they weren't, they didn't have that killer instinct, you know, right out of the gate. They kind of developed it throughout the game. I think it's a mentality. I do. Uh, I think it's with kids. I think it's probably all over the country. I watched uh, some 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 games today were similar to ours, like Michigan early on. Didn't play well. I, I was watching up – I sat in the bridge, so I went and watched a little bit of the Alabama-MTSU game. In the first 15, 18 minutes of that game, Alabama was getting whipped up front by MTSU. Yeah. You know, it just happens because kids are – they see the name on the uniform. Yeah. As much as you try to beat that into kids, it you know they're just gonna they're kids. Yeah. A quick update on Dericky Wright. Uh, Clark said he is okay and he's expected to come back for the Wake Forest game. Wonderful. So he says that the injury is nothing major. He'll be day to day. So I'm sure they'll hold him out uh, this week and he should be back for Wake. So that's a positive update. Julie says seems we're improving quarter by quarter. That's a good. Uh, good <laughs> I, I think that's a good observation. You know, maybe take out this this first quarter that nine from, minute drive from today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I, I think there's some truth to that. You know, third quarter was better. Fourth quarter was really good. Now again, it'll be tough to carry over, right? If you can right. carry that over into the first half of Wake, that's a good sign right there. I mean, you're, if if this if Julie's comment stands tall, Vandy mm. fans will be happy next week. Well, you know, once now that we get into Wake Forest and a team who's you know, if it's, they were in the SEC, they win games too. It's go time now. It's go I mean, time. And and you're going to have to win games 42-35, 49-42. There's not going to be any 10 to threes, guys. Mm -hmm. And so we have to get score with folks. We're going to get beat deep. They're going to get beat deep. They have a receiver named Clark who's incredible. So, yeah. again, don't want to get into that too much. But the, moving forward, we don't have any easy ones, including at UNLV in two weeks. That, that'll be interesting. That, that'll be another interesting one. But Wake Forest right now, that's where we turn the attention. Joey also says Clark Lee said Darren Agu was cleared to play tonight, and he dressed. He was dressed for warm-ups, came back out onto the field uh, when the team ran out in, in street clothes, but they wanted him to have a full week of practice before he played. Sounds like he'll be a go against Wake Forest. And uh, <laughs> with that pass attack, I, that's a guy they'll need, obviously. Well, you know, and going – 
believe it or not, going through warm-ups can tell you a whole lot. Even though he didn't play, it's almost like getting reps in a game because you're you're going uh, not 100% in, yeah. in the warm-ups, but it does let him know, okay, I feel pretty good here. I feel free, and it's good to get him stretched out. I like that. Yeah, Vandy's warm-ups may, may be a little bit more strenuous than some other teams too, so that's a good, yeah. good warm-up to get in. Uh, a couple more comments here to get into. Again, Chris and Joey will be checking in. We'll get their comments. Davis says special teams have really impressed from block punt to punt returns by multiple guys and kickoff returns. It's a great point, and I didn't mention that in my notes, but Coach Lustig had a heck of a night. He did. I mean, Longwell had the block punt. Will Shepard had a really good return, a couple of really good returns. Jane McGowan had a really good kickoff return that you thought he might take all the way to the house again. No. Uh, so special teams doesn't look like an issue. That that's and that's a positive that can win you some games late. Absolutely. You know we got the block punt and we also tipped another one. Yes, Langston Patterson. Uh, yep. There was good pressure all night. Uh, again, A and M was weak in special teams, mainly on their return. The uh, yeah punt returns and stuff. Uh, we definitely won that battle hands down. Matthew says, "How much of the first half was playing down to the opponent, and how much of the second half was a worn out opponent?" I, I mean, I'll, I'll start with that. I, I think the first half, yeah, you could say they were playing down. I don't. I'm not going to say they overrated them or slept on them. No. But you talk about the killer instinct. It just it's, didn't feel like they came out with that. It and is. that was disappointing to start the game. Right, first couple quarters, third quarter, late third quarter, particular was better. You know, after a And M cut it to 19 to 10, you were sitting there saying, "What's going on?" You know, you just kind of a little confused, but. It's almost like they flipped the switch and said, "Okay, we're, you know, we're, we're turning it on." They scored two straight possessions, and they get up, you know, thirty-six ten, and it's over. Right. Um, second half, I think that was a worn-out opponent, but I also think Vanderbilt has to go out and do it, right? Well, I mean, just, we kept making, plays. and they didn't do that last week, right? No. Vanderbilt did not finish last week. We, when we got up twenty-one last week against Hawaii, and I watched Hawaii last night. I hadn't had much sleep. <laughs> yeah, I watched Hawaii and Stanford last night. Hawaii, they lost the football game. Three guys were ejected for targeting. The, for Hawaii's the, defense? Yeah, the starting linebacker, Ufunga, wow. and the number one, the safety that hit hit Swan late last week, he got ejected. So Oof. they had three defensive starters out. That's probably why they lost the game. That affected the game. It was a two-score two game? Uh, I think they or won third? about 18 or 20, something okay. like that. But it, it was closer than that. I think they held up to three field goals and a couple touchdowns. So, I mean, I, look. Everyone's got players. Yeah. Last night, the Whitlock hit. Uh, was his name Whitlock, the receiver for Hawaii? Yeah, they had Pofele, Ashlock, yeah, uh, Ashlock, Nick Bride, Ashlock too. He did showed out again last night. Yeah. You know, they everybody's got players. That's what people don't understand. We say, well, and fans are guilty of it too. Everybody is. Look at Alabama and that quarterback. I mean, he can look. that's a big kid, right? And he can run. They got receivers that can run. They got corners. Like I said, their corners, that one boundary corner was better than anybody yeah. Hawaii had at corner. Anybody. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, you know, one other thing I want to make a point about when they, we're talking about taking your opponent lightly. These kids know each other now. With social media, Yeah. You know, I played against this kid in high school. He's not any good. That's why he's the Alabama. Man. Well, they think that. Yeah. They don't understand that kid's getting coached up, and he wants to beat your rear end. So yeah. you have to take that into consideration when you play these type of games. Matthew uh, adds another comment here. Do we think the experimentation on the offensive line will continue? I, I don't know if I'd call it experimentation. I think it's sort of, you know, Uzibu wasn't available tonight. Who's the next guy up? That was Grayson Morgan. And uh, and then I, I'm forgetting who Clark. was out. Uh, Clark Charlie Clark. 
He played. Okay, Ch- yeah, Charlie Clark played, and I need to pull my depth chart up. But Leighton Nelson? Late, no, I, I don't think Leighton Nelson was available. Yeah, he was out. That's what I'm saying. Um, yeah, but they had to play some young guys. Had, and, they had no choice. Yeah, they had no choice. I don't know that that was experimentation. Uh, he also says, seems like the original starting offensive lineman hasn't gotten it done, but it's been better when they've tried some different guys. I'm, I'm not going to say I agree with that, but I think Grayson Morgan came in and played really well. Now, I, that doesn't mean he's taking Uzibu's spot, right? I mean, right. but that means you got guys behind him that, that can play. Right. Now, again, it's Alabama A&M. It, it's early in the season still. But I thought I, w- I was encouraged by Grayson Morgan. Um, so, I, I again, I don't know if I'd call it experimentation. The offensive line wasn't perfect, you know, as a whole. I thought first half was 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 not great. Second half, I mean, they, there was AJ was it was a better pocket, right? They, I mean, they ran the ball better. I thought so. Offensive line, you, you're going to continue to sort of have this as a focus. Absolutely, you know. Once they they've still got two or three guys injured. Once we get those guys back, where we can rotate the eight or nine guys, that's, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, we we'll, and we go the entire game without one holding penalty. So you know you want if you want to criticize the offensive line, go ahead. But to me, that's just as important as anything because that means you're not having to extend drives and be behind the chains. And the guys did a great job with that. All right, Chris is uh, Chris Lee. We got some fans. Thank, thanks for yeah. coming out, guys. Uh, Connor Owens and who we got. There we go. Caleb and Connor. Caleb, thanks for go. coming out, man. There we go. Uh, love to see that. Uh, so, again, we got – so Chris is going to stay for the players. Joey Dwyer is going to check in uh, yeah. later. So, again, we will uh, we'll get Joey in here. Another comment from Jack. Jack Burns on YouTube. Love the speed of the young talent and was happy to see Seal's improvement. Yeah. The, I mean, you look at the speed improvement across the, across the roster. Clark has talked about that as being something dramatically different from last year. I mean, I think he said he's got 20 guys – you know, running over 20 miles per hour. I mean, that's... He had one when he got here. And, you know, five or six <laughs> over 23, something like, you know, yeah. clocked, and that's fall camp. Yeah. But, I mean, you can tell as a as an entire roster the speed has, has improved. One of our old offensive line coaches used to say, you, you give, me, give me a house that I can paint. Give yeah. me something. You know, you, just give me something to work with. Well, now he's got something to work with. Mm-hmm. Before, he didn't even have a house to paint. <laughs> that's a good point i like that uh he mentioned seals you talked about ken uh coming in and you know he did his job and, and that's all you need you don't need him to you know to go no. out there and he's not going to go of course when seals get when swan gets hurt you throw seals in there you're confident yeah right it's not uh-oh you know this this game's in doubt now no seals can go down and lead a drive and, and i thought that was impressive you know you watched a lot of practice uh, ken seals is great in practice that's no surprise to yeah. me, whatever Ken does when he does get in the game. Matthew Kiva Wesley played a lot and looked good. Uh, again, I didn't, I didn't have a laser focus on, on Kiva, but I, uh, Morgan and Wesley, those are two guys that may not start many games this year, but for the offensive line, you have to have guys like that, that if a guy gets hurt or you know an older guy goes down, you throw that guy in there. I mean, you know, you have to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Did I dream this? Or did Kivo go out at one time? Go to the locker room at one time? I thought I saw him walking. You to the might be right. I didn't half. catch it. I did not catch it. It was. I think you might be thinking of fifty-eight. I saw fifty-eight come in, but Kivo might have. I didn't. I didn't catch that. Been. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, again, thank you guys for for all the interaction. We're, we'll, we'll probably go. Uh, when, you know, Joey gets in here. We'll, we'll get Joey in here. But Luke, defensively, Langston Patterson led the team tonight with seven tackles. C.J. Taylor did his thing. Of course, he had an interception 
chance early uh, that, oh, yeah. that he was not happy about. He, that would have been a pick six. Kane Patterson. What we've I've heard a lot about the linebacker spot, right? You, right now, Ethan Barr and Kane Patterson play. They got the start tonight, and Ethan's an experienced guy, right? What what will it take for Langston to come up and and he's played? I know I can't say he split snaps, but he's played a good bit. So what what what's your read on that linebacker room right now? Just the well, competition. Again, they're all going to play. I, I, I will tell you this: the key to that, you know, the nine minute drive to start the game. Yeah. It was fourth down or third down and long. Ethan has a sack and misses it, overruns the guy. Yeah. From that point forward, Ethan didn't play as well. And I, I know that was a compliment. Like he just kept, you know, it, I think knowing Ethan's personality, he's probably harder on himself than anybody, even Coach yeah. Lee is. Yeah. So that probably set the tone for his night, and that can't happen because Ethan's too good of a football player. Exactly. If he made a mistake, that's fine. But he's going to make a lot of plays for us this year. Yeah. Secondary, we talked about the one – I don't know if you'd call it blown coverage, but I mean, I think that's what it was with Mahoney and Anderson on that right edge where, you know, great throw. You got to make the throw, but a lot of that was on Vanderbilt just not communicating. But overall, how, where would you rate the secondary tonight and, and their improvement after last week? Again, much improved because now they didn't have the receivers that Hawaii has. They've yeah. got a couple of really good plays. Uh, I, I would say last week I gave it a C minus. This week I give it a B minus. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you go, it, that's the way I like to grade it. So, yeah. So, secondary, a little bit better as we saw. Right. Uh, North Carolina has beaten South Carolina. What was uh, that no, final? 31 17. Okay. Another update Vanderbilt uh, defensive lineman Davion Davis was not in uniform tonight and he was carrying what a, appeared to be a play sheet. Clark Lee says Davis is out indefinitely, but not medically retiring right now. So, Davion, of course, has. He's put in his time, Boy, and uh, you know he's he's been through just about everything you can in a Vanderbilt uniform. You, you, you know, and that, you kind of hate it for him. Yeah. Uh, again, we don't know if his season is officially over. Uh, he's indefinitely out. Um, you know, you don't want to predict anything here, but you kind of hate it for the guy. Well, you, you kind of look at him like you did Ken Seals. Yeah, Ken was a starter when Clark got here. Davian was a starter, a captain when when he got here. That's tough on a kid. Yeah. He, you know, all the blood, sweat, and tears he's put in, I don't want that to happen to anybody. No, no. And, again, we'll see. Maybe we're able to see some of Davion this year. Uh, maybe not. But that defensive line I look at as a key next week. Sure. Right? Kind of looking ahead to, to that Wake Forest game. You'll have Darren Agu back. Christian James won't be back yet. But having Agu on the edge and moving Wataha inside, at least, you know, at least we think, and that would probably be the expectation, that gives you sort of a okay. We've got our guy in the edge back, and hopefully Capers stays healthy uh, yeah, because I think he ba- I yeah. think he got banged up tonight. And Miles Capers is another guy to watch, uh, you know, to sort of keep track of. But early look ahead, and we'll keep talking about this game. But early look ahead to Wake, that you're going to need that D line, right? You're going to need a goo, yeah, and you're going to need everybody on board. Everybody you got, uh, you know, I I'm more worried. I know we're going to talk about Wake. I can't help but get on that train right now uh, because I'm excited about the chances we have. I think, again, I think we're going to have a chance in the fourth quarter. Clark knows. He worked with Coach Clawson. Yeah. He should, after last year, with that sample size, and then coming forward here with a quarterback who's good but not as good as Hartman, and that slow mesh they run, and they call it hang and bang. That's what they do when they go up to the line. Yeah. You hold that linebacker a free safety, and then bam, pop it right over the middle. Yep. If, if, if C.J. Taylor gets a hold of one of those and houses it, 
we're gonna have a lot of fun Saturday. And he's and I know CJ's the kind of kid that I I guarantee you he's he's gonna get him in that film room. Yeah. And say this is all you, buddy. You mm-hmm. wanna have some fun? Watch this guy and make sure you do, you hold your water and they make the right read. And you can have a big they can have a big night against that offense because Clark knows it. Oh, he, I mean, you got to take advantage of your opportunities. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's, and again, I, I know we're not going to preview Wake here, but Mitch Griffiths last, last week, 329, three touchdowns, one interception, and they beat Elon 37-17. You know, I mean, that's – That's pedestrian. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, that that's – again, you, you said it's not do or die. Um, but not. again, that, that's going to sort of set the tone for the rest of the way. And no. Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt's shown down the stretch of the season, they've played, they've played better, they've performed better. Um, so you know, early look ahead to Wake. Darren Agu being back is uh, is huge. Sebastian chimes in and, and asks, "Any idea on a return for Prince Kali? Really excited to see him play." Connor actually texted me this earlier and asked about Prince, and I don't know. It's the reason why I didn't answer you, Connor. I I don't know the situation with him. Uh, you know, he's adapting from Notre Dame, and I, I, um, I I'll be honest with you, I haven't asked Clark. Uh, I talked to Clark every week but I didn't bring it up to him. And it's probably something I won't ask him because I can yeah. kind of tell that he doesn't really want to yeah. talk about it. Yeah. So, you know, I know Prince is going to be here for the long haul. So he may not contribute this year or maybe later in the year in the last four games, maybe. Uh, but we'll see. I, I, you know, and right now we're okay without it. Yeah. I was just going to say that linebacker room, maybe it's different if you absolutely need a guy like Collie. Right. But, you know, you're not starving for for another piece of depth. Now you take it, right? I well, mean, sure, you, you take always, what you can get. Yeah. But in that room, you know, you're fine with the Pattersons. Bar, I mean, Bryce Cowan stepped in and played well tonight as well. I mean, you're you're. This is as good of a linebacker room I think as Vanderbilt's had in a long time. It, yeah. So you talk about position groups that'll be important next week. That linebacker room again is very important. Maybe the most important is the corner, right? Cornerback spot. Thought yeah. Tyson played a little bit better tonight. Did. He made a really impressive tackle yes. uh, in the open field where he showed his physicality. He's a good – we you know we get blindsided by a lot of the plays from last week, but I thought in, in the run game today, he made a few tackles where you go, you know, he's got some physicality in him. He does. That's right? why he I plays. think he likes the run game, right? Um, and then B.J. Anderson uh, obviously gave up that long one, but I thought uh, other than that, the secondary in the corners were much improved. Yeah, I missed when he passed – passed it off i don't know if he got if he slipped yeah the camera by. the uh the camera angle missed it you know they didn't cover the whole sideline but okay. anderson you saw the fake from the quarterback who i mean it was a great sell uh but they just sort of lost him and i think both of them is just a miscommunication right and it was a slow slow pass off but again that's the really only mistake that's not you yeah, know you that happened that. and uh and we, we got joey dwyer coming in here now uh joey was uh was at the press conference so and uh, Joey, you are live on the air, my friend. Chris Lee is uh, is still there. He's going to stick with the players and maybe get something from the players. But uh, he's eating ice cream. <laughs> yeah, I, I told Luke no. I, there was no ice cream in the booth, so we we were not able to snack on that. We had banana pudding though. I think Joey enjoyed that. Oh, so, wow. Joey, thanks for taking the time, man. What I asked Luke initial thoughts, right? We we've we've taken a lot of comments and questions, and a lot of the young guys like Cedric Alexander were were definitely something to talk about, but. Just initial thoughts after a, a win that I think Vanderbilt fans are are more happy with after, after last week. Yeah, Clark Lee was a lot happier as well in the press conference. Last week's presser felt like a loss. Today felt like they won by 30. <laughs> so it was a lot different than it generally has been throughout this year. 
it feels like a nice step for Vanderbilt. But Clark Lee prefaced the whole press conference. Don't overreact to the offensive line play. Don't overreact to the freshman playing. Don't overreact to the margin of victory. Feels like that was kind of his message tonight was we're happy with the win, but we're not overreacting. They kind of want to see how their guys respond to a win like this rather than what they had last week. So it'll be an interesting uh, week to see for Vanderbilt as they head into Winston-Salem. And Luke, you talked about overreaction, right? right? Last week, it's week zero. Hawaii's a brutal team to try to prepare for week zero. And now you come in first half, probably there were some Vandy fans overreacting, right? As as fans do. But all of a sudden, you know, 10 minutes later, Vanderbilt's up 36 to 10 and the entire mood has changed. And, you know, but that, that's that's college football, right? I mean, it, it changes like that. And, you know, Joey, I, I mentioned this a while ago. After the nine-minute drive that started the game, when we just sat in our 4-3 and basically vanilla defense, after that I felt like we controlled the football game, even though we played a little sloppy in that first half the rest of the way and there wasn't a huge sense of urgency. I felt like we were still in control. You never felt – last week you felt like, man, this could get away from us. This week you never really did. Right. I think the offense was in a little bit of a rut for most of the first half, but defensively it felt like a lot of the miscues from last week were fixed. Maybe not fully. You still had the breakdown in coverage, which Clark Lee said maybe was more on Mahoney than Anderson, but feels like Vanderbilt kind of cleaned it up generally. Again, don't want to overreact because of the opponent, but when – Alabama and M was running it up the middle. The whole first drive, Vanderbilt adjusted on the second drive and kind of slowed that down. Right. Felt like tonight was a much better night just in terms of how Vanderbilt controlled the game and how it adjusted to a lot of the tempo and a lot of the weird looks that Alabama and M gave it. Yeah, we, we talked about that a lot, right? And then, you know, you're playing Alabama and M, an FCS team, there's, you know, you're not loaded with storylines, right? This isn't an SEC uh, opponent. But we talked about the exotic schemes and, and pressures that they would show. And Luke said it earlier, I thought they handled it well. The offensive line, Never you really jumped. didn't see. You saw maybe one procedural penalty. I think that's it. That. We had, the, the other two were uh, had a delay. We only had three penalties, I think. Yeah, three three for 20 yards. I'll take that every ball game. Which I think they had nine last week. So, yeah. uh, But, Joe, I mean, we talked about that. And, and that really didn't affect the game at all. I, I thought that was that was interesting. Yeah, I thought that could have been an issue early, and it felt like it was a little sloppy last week, like most of the game was last week. But yeah. it felt like Vanderbilt's offensive line was a lot better. It got more push in the run game, which was really noticeable throughout the night. Patrick Smith had 50 rushing yards, and obviously Cedric Alexander with 87, and I'm sure you guys have talked yeah. at nauseum about Cedric Alexander. But it was a really good night for that running back room. I don't know if I'm willing to say that they're going to run for 100 yards against Wake Forest or more than that but it feels like there's more of a chance at that than there was about a week ago. And I think that's certainly something to take. A.J. Swan's decision-making, I think, might be my biggest concern coming out of tonight. But the run game, I think, is maybe a little bit less of a concern than it has been for me in the past. Maybe the secondary slightly less and the pass rush a little less. Darren Agu probably going to play against Wake Forest from the sounds of it. So so that's what that's what it felt like in, in the presser, that he'll likely be available. Clark Lee said that Darren Agu was cleared to play today but they wanted him to have a Tuesday and Wednesday practice before they threw him on the field. Hence him going on the field for warm-ups in full uniform and then coming out in shorts. Nothing really happened there. That was kind of a plan to make him go through the game day routine. Stretch and, and, stretch yeah, and yeah. kind of get ready uh, for a pregame routine rather than just being thrown out there. Yeah, and he's got that brace, the brace on the right arm now, I think, which, mm-hmm. you know, I think makes him look a little bit even bigger, scarier a little bit. So, um, but. Joe, you had a nice feature piece this week on London Humphreys. And yeah, if, if you haven't checked it out, it, it's a great piece. Got to 
sit down, talk with him, and he's a very mature kid. He had one catch, 23 yards. Another freshman, Junior Cheryl, one catch, 35 yards. Those guys, and, and I'm, I'm sure you got another feature coming up on another player. Maybe it's Cheryl, maybe it's not. But those two receivers, and Luke and I have talked about it a lot, those two receivers are going to play a role, not just in the future, but this year. Yeah, and Humphreys only had that one catch, but draw, drew a lot of attention throughout the night. I noticed... Uh, had a couple other targets. He was yeah. in one-on-one coverage on the... Uh, I forget where, but at some point on the field, and he was the only guy on that side, and they hedged the safety over to kind of help on him because they knew he was going to run... On that far left sideline. Right. Yeah, They knew he was going to run a fly, and they hedged over to kind of take that away. That opens up a lot for Vanderbilt, sure. especially with how it struggled in the running game at times, and how it struggled kind of to get tight ends involved. The tight ends got involved a little bit more tonight too, yeah. which I think was a factor. One of them was probably not designed to go to Justin Ball, but went to Justin Ball <laughs> on the AJ, AJ Swan scramble. But I think Ball was blocking on that yeah. play. I mean, he you know, just sort of faded out there on the Manziel-type play we talked about earlier. Yeah. You know, I, I was telling Billy earlier, this Jay Cutler when I was at Vanderbilt, <clears throat> used to tell me that there's some of their stuff that they used to run is designed to do that. You would take that way. You see where the rush is completely. You do a little 360. You got a vision, and Swan looked comfortable with it. He got him in rhythm. He pumped it. I know ball was wide open, but he really felt comfortable with that. And I think you'll see actually not designed by that, but put you in a situation where that can happen again. Right. I think Swan looks more comfortable on that play than a lot of the plays throughout the night. So <laughs> again, yeah, it's because he saw. He knew no one's around me. I got all day. Where we got, and he's surveying the field. He's, and I don't know if Ball was second or third in that route tree, but oh, I I thought on that play he was going down. I mean, you know, there were yeah, there were a couple <laughs> of defenders on him, and AJ feels like he's also the type of guy he when he feels the pressure he really feels it, but he also doesn't freak out, right? He doesn't panic. He's able to to break a tackle because he knows how big he is, right? He can he can take on a guy, right? Now it might be different against a Georgia or a Tennessee, yeah, right? Sure. But, Right now in the season, he knows he can take on some pressure and break a tackle or two. And that's, I mean, that's impressive. You know know your, know what you can do, right? Know what you're capable of. I think that's what Clark has tried to, to get at him with. And you, you mentioned, you know, Clark's, he's got to get more consistent, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to ask you about that. What did you notice about, you know, I'm sure he was asked about Swan. How, how did Clark evaluate his performance tonight? Yeah, I think consistency was the big message still. I tweeted something about it. I can't remember exactly what he said, but. It was something along the lines of, we know what he's capable of. That's probably not what he's capable of. He made a few nice throws, also made a few bad decisions, which Billy and I were collectively groaning for in the press (laughs) box. Uh, Some of those throws that he got away with in the first half probably should have been interceptions. It probably would have been interceptions had it been in Winston-Salem. wasn't tonight, and he got away with that, but I think A.J. Swan's decision-making and consistency has to be a lot better, and that's kind of what Clark Lee echoed. Same with Will Shepard, who... Had that touchdown maybe in his hands, maybe on his fingertips, but couldn't get it. Uh, made a few nice plays though on the punt return and then obviously the two touchdowns. So solid night for Vanderbilt. Still room to grow and still food on the plate for that offense, though. That's a good point. That that that, that should have been a touchdown to Shepard there. Will uh, stopped his feet. If you if you look at it on the replay, his arms are extended, and instead of running through the ball, he kind of slowed his feet. So yeah. therefore he went off his fingers. And then you also saw we talked about the interception from Swan. Right, maybe trying to fit it into a tight window that wasn't there. Right, but felt like Carter's back in the end zone. Maybe you float it and give it some more touch, and maybe that's there. So it's those two decisions. Well, the Shepherd that was a drop. That wasn't a decision. Mm-hmm. But those two plays there, Shepherd scores that touchdown, that increases the lead in the first half, and then the next one of the next couple of drives, they end up throwing that interception. Swan does intended for Carter. So 
first half is a lot different if those two plays go the other way. So that's another thing, right? The margin for error is still small. Even against a team like Alabama A&M, I know they won, what, 47 to 13, but the first half margins you saw were pretty small. I mean, and Luke said it earlier, it doesn't matter who they're playing. No. And that's that's what it feels like with this team. They, they know what they're capable of. Yeah, I think on the, on the interception, I described it as A.J. Swan throwing it into a dense area, which I got some <laughs> flack for on Twitter. That's a journalism term. <laughs> but I think that was a theme tonight that I didn't love, which just throwing it in the spots he didn't have to throw it to. Even the fly or the post to Jade McGowan, I can't remember which, they got broken up. The running back was open for a first down there. So A.J. Swan probably could have the game slowed down a little bit for him in his head. And uh, I think you'll see that more as the season goes on, but obviously wasn't there completely tonight. But you saw what A.J. Swan can do and how special he can be as well. Well, kids, you know, and, and I'm, I was talking a little bit about this with Billy. <clears throat> in my 40 years at Vanderbilt, Kids always, whether they think, even though they are not Georgia or Alabama, when they play in Alabama A&M, they want to take it in big chunks. They think, okay, it's Alabama. I'm going to go. Instead of getting the, throwing a seven-yard completion and getting the first down, he tries to get it all. And that's just kids. They do it. Yeah. And, and that's what Clark's trying to beat out of him. Got, got to stop that. It's okay to kick a field goal. Right. Again, Chelly's. Thank you to Brian Gruber and, and everybody uh, that, that made this possible. A uh, couple, of, couple of sponsor reads here. And, again, if you have any more comments, questions, we'll get to them as we uh, start wrapping up a little bit here. The Wash House, our presenting sponsor for basketball season, even though it's not basketball season yet. Uh, are you dreading laundry day? Is it stealing time to do the things that you truly enjoy? Let the laundry professionals at the Wash House take care of that for you. They've got two convenient locations in the greater Nashville area. Log on to Wash House Clean. Dot com to stop in today and get your time back. Let's get to final thoughts here. We've got, you know, comments and questions have rolled in here. You know, Joey, you've been at the press conference. Luke, you were in the stands. Uh, we were both in the booth. And again, uh, Chris Lee will, you know, he, he'll, he'll have his full comments. You guys will have stories out tomorrow. Uh, but Luke, I'll start with you. Final thoughts from this game and your feeling heading into next week in Winston-Salem. Well, I felt like tonight we got what we needed to get done. Uh, I mentioned the balance. With 849 to play, we had a 194 rushing, 194 passing. That's the formula for Vanderbilt to win football games. And next week it's going to be a fourth quarter game, in my opinion. If we do without turnovers, you can never factor in the turnover stuff. But if we play era clean football without but maybe one turnover. I think the fourth period, the fourth quarter, it's going to come down to AJ Swan making the right decision, and we're going to have to win games 42-35. There's not going to be any ten to threes, and I think that's what we're looking at next week is a a dog fight in, in Winston Salem, and I think it's going to be great for our kids because we're sitting on two and zero no matter how you slice it, and a lot of people would like to be there. Right, I think tonight you look at a story of two halves, and I think yeah. coming out of that second half you feel a lot better. You feel good about how they adjusted to what Alabama and them threw at them. Scored, I think, three of the first four drives of the second half and the first drive. Had four chunk plays in a row. Went and scored a touchdown with Will Shepard in the end zone. So you feel a lot better seeing that second half and seeing kind of how Vanderbilt adjusted and how Vanderbilt kind of took a step forward there. Do you feel great? Maybe not, but you feel like they can at least give Wake Forest a chance. And uh, it feels like Vanderbilt will probably play up next week as opposed to what it did this week. It'll be a full stadium. It'll be a game that's probably nationally televised. I don't know if you know that, Billy. I think it's but. ACC Network, I think. So. 10, 10 a.m. Central. 
10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern. And a little announcement: Joey and I are making the trip. Look at y'all. We're we're making the trip. We're we're gritting it out. We're leaving Friday. We're making the trip, and we're going to be there. Uh, we'll see if any other Vanderbilt media are there, but you know we'll, we'll be there. And I'm excited. It Winston Salem's a beautiful town, and I think Vanderbilt fans that make the trip will enjoy it. It's about a seven hour drive, and it's a similar atmosphere i think to vanderbilt similar stadium look uh they're done with everything right i think vanderbilt looks at that yeah. uh, stadium and says okay, we'd like to be somewhere like that a duke right. you know a, a beautiful facility so we will be there uh for me guys you saw what will shepherd can do tonight again and so far in two games 12 catches 130 yards and four touchdowns i mean he legitimately is one of the best receivers in the country right but you also saw there's still room out there for him to dominate even more. Sure. I mean, he he could have had three touchdowns tonight. So I think that's something to watch. If Will Shepard is dialed in and laser focused, I think this Vanderbilt team can beat, I don't want to say anybody, because you got you know the reigning national champs on the schedule in Tennessee, <laughs> but... And Ole Miss, out of the put tw- up 70-something. Yeah, 10 out of the 12 teams, I really do. Ole Miss, again. But the Auburns, the Missouri, the Kentucky, if you have a game well, where Shepard dominates... I think you're you're in a great shape because you you have you have to put the defense in a bad situation. Now we got to double them, right? You got Quincy Skinner, you got Humphreys, you got Cheryl. Like you said, they've got options. So Shepard, it's just it's almost like it's boring because it's he's made it look so easy, right? So Shepard, of course, is is one of my takeaways tonight. Defensively, I thought they were better. I mean, in the second half, at least take away that first half. Uh, well, not even. Not even first half. It was really the early second half with that that mistake, that that uh, blown coverage. So overall, I thought they were better defensively. Offensive line, slowly getting there, slowly better, right? Not where you want them probably, but everything's out in front of you still, right? You're two and zero, and you're heading to Winston Salem with some confidence after this second half. So those are my my thoughts and, and what I've got. And again, if you guys got any last minute things, that look it looks like. <laughs> We've got one more from Sebastian. What percentage of the offensive defensive playbook has been used so far? That's a that's a deep one. And will the coaching staff show a lot more against Wake Forest? We probably can't answer that first one. I don't know if you've been in the film room, Luke. Luke, I know you. I know you have before, but uh, you know that stays there. I'll but, be talking to Clark in just a little bit. <laughs> uh, will the coaching staff show a lot more against Wake? Well. It- However, the game's going, it'll dictate that. I, I think you always have plays in your hip pocket. I think Joey always has things in his hip pocket. And, uh, you know, same thing with Coach Howell. Now, Coach Howell is very familiar with the Wake Forest program as well. He was a lot Virginia. of people on the staff are, yeah. And it, we were and, talking to. And I think it's an advantage this year. I don't, I don't think it was necessarily yeah. last year because we weren't, you know, we got to five wins, but at that time we weren't playing well, not yet. And I, I just feel like this week, you know, I know Clark's like a, Luke, shut up. But he knows the <laughs> slow mesh. He knows the slow mesh. He knows the hang and bang. He knows what they're going to do. And if he can get C.J. Taylor and Mahoney and those guys in the right positions to make plays, he's showing them in the film room, this is you. That's what he's doing. He's going to show them. See that? C.J., that's going to be you Saturday. So all you got to do is make the right read. Boom, you're going in the end zone and celebrate. So uh, that, it's just going to be a great football game, I think. Big week. Big right. week for the team. Big week for the fans. Joey, thanks for thanks for checking in, my man. Thank you, sir. Looking forward to next weekend. Big yes, week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We thanks, won't be Joe. there. Uh, Joey, appreciate it. Luke, thanks for thanks for hanging out. You bet. 
for Joey, for Luke, and for the two fans that uh, showed up here. Thanks, guys, for for checking in. Uh, I'm sure we'll have a few more after some of these SEC games. But yeah. um, thank you guys for checking in. And you've been watching another post-game show. We will probably be doing it on the road in Winston-Salem somehow, some way. We'll, we'll get a post-game show in, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but I appreciate uh, all of you guys checking in, and uh, we'll see you next week.